As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Late night. Midnight on the interstate. I didn't feel so great until I saw the city. Welcome back to Straight from the Source with Michael Russo. Thanks as always for tuning in. And my guest today is Cam Stewart, who played on the 2000 inaugural Minnesota Wild team with guys like Wes Walls and Darby Hendrickson, coached by Jacques Lemaire. He also was an assistant coach on the 2003 Calder Cup winning Houston Arrows, the Minnesota Wild affiliate. He also won two Turner Cups on the defunct IHL Houston Arrows, uh, coached by Dave Tippett, his teammate, Mike Yo on that team. We'll talk a lot about that. We'll talk about his days now as a player agent. Um, he, he has a lot of quality players with Kurt Overhart, who runs the firm, um, not just in the NHL with guys, guys like Ian Cole and Ryan Johansson and John Gibson, but also guys on the horizon. Uh, future number one overall pick, potential Shane Wright. He's got Cole Perfetti. He even has taxi squatter. Uh, for the Minnesota Wild, Dakota Mermis, which we'll talk a lot about. There's a cool Minnesota uh, link to Dakota Mermis. Uh, frankly, the way that Minnesota Wild are going right now, you're going to learn a lot about Dakota Mermis here in the next little bit. And that's because a ton has happened since the last week, uh, the last time we talked two weeks ago. Um, like, say, the Minnesota Wild being shut down. So basically, here's the timeline. Last Sunday, Marcus Foligno tested positive for COVID-19. Well, that positive test was from Saturday morning because of the league's lag time between taking a PCR test, which is very reliable, and the result. But that lag time allowed him to be around his teammates all day Saturday and play in Saturday night's game. So what do you know? It balloons into an absolute outbreak. And frankly, anybody that has paid attention to this virus should have known that one player could turn into a bunch in the environment they are, especially because the league let the entire team fly together to Denver, play Tuesday night, and the next thing you know, Wednesday, five more players tested positive for the virus. And the timing really lines up because remember, it takes three or four days from exposure to testing positive, yet during that negative window, you can spread the virus. So... The Wild follow all the protocols in Denver. They isolate the infected players. They quarantine the team. They send the positive players home on an air ambulance. And yet somehow the league let the negative players and staff fly fly home together on Thursday. Once more, forgetting the science that that they should have just learned just a few days before by letting those infected players fly together to Denver at a time that they were negative. Well, guess what? Through at least Tuesday, now 13 different players have tested positive for the virus and one staff member and at least one taxi squad member, by the way, that has been playing in these games. Yet for some reason, the league doesn't feel compelled to throw on their list because he's on the taxi squad, even though, again, he was on the active roster. So 
It's an absolute mess. The wild season is on pause through at least Saturday and probably more. Seven games have been postponed and again, potentially more. And so what now? Well, one, the most important thing is getting these guys healthy. This is not a case of everybody being asymptomatic. They are the majority of which have had some symptoms to mild symptoms to pretty severe symptoms. Uh, You know, I'm sure that anybody that's had this virus that lost their taste and and smell uh, doesn't like that and worries if that will ever come back. These guys, I've talked to one person that felt like they've been hit by a bus, the majority of which have had head colds, some breathing problems, uh, constant headaches, things like that. So the most important thing is to get them healthy and then check them out to make sure they don't don't have any long-haul symptoms similar to, as Wild fans know uh, quite scarily, uh, Marco Rossi, the first-round pick who is back in Austria right now because he has uh, long-haul symptoms uh, from having COVID-19. So basically the way it works is that from... From 10 days after your last symptom, when you're symptom-free, as long as you're testing negative, then you can come back. That's technically the league protocol. If you are asymptomatic the uh, entire time, it's 10 days after your last positive test. Then these guys go through blood work, cardiac screening, and then they'll be allowed to get back on the ice. But we're talking for the majority of which, you know, probably a couple weeks that we're not going to see them. Now, what's next? Do they play next week when the team is supposed to play that second game in L.A. and go to Anaheim, or do they take more time off? I think the goal goal right now is maybe have small groups start practicing here at home uh, starting this weekend, um, guys that are 100% have tested negative, and then try to get the get this team through this and return home. But it is an absolute mess right now, and um, if, you, if you haven't uh, read my stories in The Athletic, uh, you'll see that the outbreak that the Minnesota Wild have is spurring the NHLPA and the NHL to change its protocols. It came up with different preventative measures. Right now, uh, they are thinking of uh, supplementing their testing by not just having PCR tests, but POC tests on the same day, which are the rapid tests. But the other thing that the Timberwolves do is they have two PCR tests in a day and a POC. And one, the PCR that the Wild take goes to New Jersey like the Wilds, but they take a local one every morning that's sent to on game days, sent to Hennepin County Medical Center, and they know by five o'clock if somebody tested positive, which is hopefully something the league will allow a te- other uh, teams to do like the Minnesota Wild. Um, so it is, it's a complete mess right now. The other thing the league is allowing uh, and the PA have agreed is they're sending samples of some of these positive specimens to the Mayo Clinic. They're testing them to try to come up with where the highest risks are to spread the virus inside a hockey team and also if there's cross-team transmission, which I'm sorry. Let's use some common sense here. There obviously was. Just look at the patterns between the, the Carolina Hurricanes to the Detroit Red Wings, the New Jersey Devils to the Buffalo Sabres, to a linesman that worked that game, and also a Wild Avalanche game. And then L.A. having a couple guys test positive to the Minnesota Wild outbreak to now three guys on the Colorado Avalanche. It's Just use common sense. These guys are on the bench, uh, breathing hard. Uh, checking hard on the ice, uh, board battles. Uh, it's just all the perfect environment to spread this virus. So uh, we'll see by next week's podcast how much things have changed. But without further ado, let's hear from Cam Stewart. Very hearty welcome to Cam Stewart. And Cam, it's funny, in my career as a 26-year hockey writer, I've covered you one year, and it's still yet here we are 21 years later still very very tight and 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 what wild fans don't understand is like you were as i mentioned at the top of the show you were on the 2000 inaugural wild team but i actually covered you in 1999 with the florida panthers yeah i re- i remember that uh you uh you actually uh, stuck up for me a little bit and got me some ice time with uh <laughs> with <laughs> with terry murray um but uh yeah, no, it, we we go way back, and it's amazing, uh, we, you know, in hockey and how small the world gets. And then you end up in Minnesota, where I ended up playing in the inaugural year, and and then ended up coaching there for five years uh, in the minors as well in Houston. So it's a, uh, it it always seems to come around, and uh, we always seem to find each other, which is great. Yep, that, it is awesome. And as Cam mentioned, he played fifty four games in the inaugural season. Um, with the uh, Minnesota Wild, with guys like Darby Hendrickson and Wes Walls, coached by Jacques Lemaire, which had to be a hoot. And and now Cam is director of player development and a player agent for uh, KO Sports, which is uh, Kurt Overhart's firm. And they've got 
just a ton of NHL players, uh, including uh, wild defenseman Ian Cole, guys like, uh, let's see, John Gibson, Christian Dvorak, Victor Arvidsson, Ryan Johansson, Dylan Larkin, Jacob Slavin, Jacob Truba, a ton of guys, and also a ton of guys coming, guys like the Foot Brothers, Cole Perfetti, and potentially the number one pick in uh, in next year's draft, Shane Wright, which we'll talk all about. Um, but the first person I want to talk to you about, Cam, is Sean Walker. Wild fans are very familiar with Sean because uh, last week or two weeks ago, the Wild have been actually off for a week, which we'll talk a little bit about uh, later as well, uh, Cam. But uh, two weeks ago, uh, Matt Dumba took a slap shot that hit Sean Walker square in the face here at XL Energy Center in St. Paul. He's since undergone surgery. That had to be just an absolutely scary moment for somebody that I know that you represent. Yeah, I know. You know what? It's amazing. It it brings you back years when I I know when I used to get hurt, how worried my parents got and uh, now that you have your own kids and I have my clients um, you do you worry about them so, so to see something like that is is very scary but uh, he was in great hands in Minnesota uh, got the surgery in LA and he's he's healing up and it's amazing how how tough these kids are but Dumba saying sorry and and just the the whole dynamic of everything uh, the hockey world's changed uh, over the years and it He's he's got a lot of support, but it is scary seeing those situations, and I know everyone's wondering how he is. Cam, let's uh let's begin talking about the 2000 inaugural uh, Minnesota Wild, and then we'll get into transition into your um, time as a player agent, how you got into it with Kurt Overhart, and um I and I also want to talk to you about your career because uh, one of the scariest moments I've ever covered in my career actually involves you up in Ottawa. Um, but let's talk about that 2000 team. Um. First of all, how special is it that you know that you're sort of part of that folklore, a a team that probably would have been honored by the Minnesota Wild this year if not for the COVID-19 situation, the fact that that would not be able to be done with fans in the building? You know what? It was very special, and uh, there's a lot of reasons for that. They picked great coaches in Mike Gramsci, Mario Tremblay, and obviously Jacques, uh, Doug Riseborough, and his crew put, put a team together. But it was a lot different back then with uh, the expansion team coming in. We were basically the guys the teams didn't want, where now you can get the, <laughs> the flurries and, and different people like that. Um, but uh, no, you know what? We all came in with the same attitude, and, and Jock made sure we had that attitude just to work hard and never be outworked. And teams did not like playing us because it's supposed to be an automatic two points, and it was not easy with Jock's system and and you know to play against us and we could all skate and worked our asses off and we actually all got time on the power play which we never would have got on, on other <laughs> on other teams and then Gabby was an 18 year old Marion and um it was it was special it was a special team and just kind of like the bad news bears <laughs> it felt like you were actually reunited with West Walls right didn't you guys play together in Boston or am I wrong on that we didn't we just you know what we just missed each other okay but- some of my best friends are fr- from that team. And I know, you know, Brad Bombardier and Walsey and Darby, they've all been working for the wild forever. And, you know, O'Donnell, he's, he's in LA and he, he, he works with Sean Walker and like, it's just a small world, but that was a very special team. And hopefully we can uh, have a little bit of a get together uh, after 20 years, but it was, I know our uh, little picture from practice is still on the wall there. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you mentioned not, uh, that teams didn't want you. I wanted you in Florida. I didn't want them to expose you in the, in the, uh, in the expansion draft. Um, <laughs> the, the, um, what was it like being coached by Jacques, especially because, you know, I think a lot of people here in Minnesota, you know, the, the new age, uh, uh, fans and stuff, they, they almost don't remember that type of error and certainly don't remember the team that was, that's now 21 years old. Um, what kind of guy was Jacques to be coached by and, and, uh, and how much do you think that you learned from him? You know, just details. If I was to do it all over again, I would like to have Jacques Lemaire my first three years, you know, not mm-hmm. my last going out because he teaches you so much as did Dave Tippett with myself. Um, those two, but Jacques, Jacques just taught you the game. Everyone thought he was one, two, two, but you know what? Every team does a one, two, two. and every they they thought he was so defensive but then you look at uh you know marion led rookies and goals and you know and you go through even five years into it like we were still the wild were still producing offensively 
but just played a structured system. And he always got a bad rap for slowing the game down. And but everyone does it. Um, he was he was awesome, and uh, I, I I learned so much from him for the details of the game, stick position, just a lot of things that I use when I rolled into coaching. That's for sure. And then you go on and, and, and you start your own coaching career, Cam, uh, with the Houston Arrows, the Wild affiliate there. Um, first of all, how did, how did you wind up getting a job with them? You know what? Uh, Doug Riseborough, the year I was out, you know, I, I couldn't come back and I got mm-hmm. knocked out in uh, uh, preseason. So, Doug, I, I would just always go into the office every day, like with Mary Kenna and, you know, everybody. And I would go in and talk to everyone. And I always say hi. And Doug would always have me in. And then, Next thing you know, that grew to having me into the office and telling me to shut the door. And he would let me listen to him talk to GMs about contracts and different things. And and then he just asked if I wanted to kind of get into coaching. And I said, well, you know, I, I wouldn't mind trying. And Todd McLennan was open to me coming in and being the assistant coach. And I went down there and it it was easy the first year. We won the <laughs> We won the Calder Cup my first year coaching. And then I think we were in last place the next year. So I got a, I got a rude awakening. And obviously that had to be special, uh, for you to go to Houston win the Calder cup, a place that you actually won a Turner cup and played two years on a juggernaut that, I mean, I look at those, those late 90, um, Turner cup teams, which, you know, a couple things that, that strike me one, the amount of really quality players on those teams, you know, coached by Dave Tippett, but your buddy from the University of Michigan, Brian Wiseman, was an absolute superstar in the old international league. But guys like, you know, Norm McGyver and Greg Hoggood and Sean Pronger and Blake Sloan and Mike Yo and <laughs> Freddie Shabbat, the current Wild um, goalie coach, and uh, Manny Fernandez, the, the former Wild goalie. But what was really neat is that you really resurrected yourself where you earned yourself a spot back in the National Hockey League with the Florida Panthers. And again, that was teaching, right? Like uh, Dave Tippett would sit me down and, you know, I I was a real energizer kind of guy, but I was a top scorer, a top scorer in junior, top scorer in the NCAA. But then you try and find and make your way and and, uh, you just try and stay in the NHL how you can. And that was kind of being physical for me and being more of a defensive guy. But then when I went to Houston, it's just a matter of getting an opportunity and Dave Tippett teaching me a lot of different things, and I ended up getting, I think, 40 goals in 65 games, and Wise Wise won the MVP, and, uh, you know, Jeff Christian scored 50 goals on, on the right side, and so it was, uh, it was pretty special, but again, that was Dave Tippett's hockey mind putting that team together, because if you do look at that roster, you're just like, oh my gosh. It's, it's crazy to me how many coaches are currently in the game or have been in the game that played on those Houston Aero teams. It's, it, it's unbelievable. And if you asked each one of those guys, whether it's Mike Yo, Brian Wiseman's coaching with Tip, uh, you know, Jimmy Pack, um, you know, Norm MacGyver with Chicago, like you ask all those guys, I'm sure they would say Dave Tippett is a mentor and he, he is to me to this day. Well, what was Mike Yo like as a player? I don't think that Wild fans uh, that, that uh, know what a tough cuffed customer he was down there, right? I mean, you know, his claim to fame was he had more penalty minutes for the Houston Arrows than Derek Bugard ever had. <laughs> yeah, no, he was uh, he was a scary one of those scary tough guys. Like he, he wasn't huge, and you know, couldn't skate real, real well. But he, he gave his hundred percent every game, and he. Uh, if you ever wanted to tussle with him, you would uh, you'd have your hands full. That's for sure. But he was a he was a hard worker, and I'm not surprised that he got into coaching, and because he does work hard, and and uh, he's still coaching. So uh, yeah, great guy. You guys didn't see the good guy in him, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what's funny is that uh, uh, I did. I mean, I, you yeah. know, he was he's honestly. Uh, it's funny because most every coach that I've ever covered, even after. They were let go by the team. I, I remain close with. I, you know, I think it, I think it's because you know you happen to work with that coach as a reporter coach relationship so much that they actually you learn the real coach and they learn the real you. Right? You're not just the 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 beat writer that you got to be scared of or learn yeah, to hate. Yeah, right. right. No, totally. And uh, yeah. and so you you know, Mike Yo is somebody. I mean, even just last week when Nate Prosser scored that goal, I was texting back and forth, ripping on Yo for never allowing Nate Prosser to pinch in. 
Yeah. You know, Nate, <laughs> Nate probably could have gotten 50, 60, 70 more goals in the NHL if, um, <laughs> if Nate would have, if Mike Yo would have just unleashed the chains from him. That's right. That's right. Well, no, they're always under, these coaches are under spotlights and, and I don't, uh, I don't envy them when things like that happen, but, um, but they're a very uh, unique group of uh, individuals, that's for sure. Cam, we, um, you, I want to go back to what you said about three or four minutes ago, uh, which you kind of, you know, said as an aside that I think Wild fans, uh, you know, should remember about you is that you mentioned being, you know, that time you were knocked out in the preseason, and and sadly that is what derailed your career. I mean, you had documented several concussions. Um, and one of the scariest I had ever covered in my entire career was we were up in Ottawa in 1999 and Kevin Deneen elbowed you in the head and you were out before you even hit the ice. Um, yeah. Do you know how many documented concussions you had in your career? You know what? I, I think it was eight. And then, uh, and then I obviously started to feel better. And then I got in a car accident in um, 2012. And kind of things went off the rails again. And I'm still kind of dealing with different things. You know, it's kind of, it's one of those things every time you get one, you, you know, but you learn to deal with different things. Um, but at that time, uh, I just couldn't come back. Like I was getting sick while I was biking and different mm-hmm. things. And we tried everything. Um, and I know I had two months off member in Florida as well, but I, I felt really good after that. Uh, where it just the, didn't, um... didn't happen. Yeah, the uh, didn't you once tell me a story about how like you had an episode like almost in the shower where you fell down or or, or I, I know there was some sort of shower story that happened. Yeah, there. no, that yeah. was after the uh, uh, after my one, last one with the wild, and then I went home, and then uh, yeah, I ended up in the shower or whatever, uh, and I had bumped my head again. Like that was that night, and then so then Don Fuller came over, and, and then I obviously was in the hospital for about a week. Or so. Wow, Don, Don Fuller, the old uh, wild athletic trainer, who's now uh, with the Arizona Coyotes. Um, you My water that you ski th- instructor at uh, camp when I grew up. Really? No yeah. way! Tell me that story, Donnie Fuller. So when we w- rolled into camp, obviously you knew some of the players, but I'm like looking, and I'm like, God, that looks like Don from from Hockey Opportunity Camp. And then Don's like looking at me, and <laughs> and we're like, Oh my God! I'm like, What are you doing here? He goes. I'm the therapist. I'm like, no way. That's awesome. He's like, how you doing, Stewie? Yeah, he taught me water skiing. Uh, he was He's an unbelievable water skier, and he taught it up at Hockey Opportunity Camp in Sunridge in Ontario, and I would go there every summer. <laughs> you, <laughs> that's hilarious. Don's a gem of a guy. You want to hear the most embarrassing story? Actually, I have two embarrassing stories. I was once playing spike ball, and I jammed my thumb Okay, yeah. on my left thigh, so right hand, left thigh, and I jam my thumb <laughs> playing <laughs> spike ball. And honestly, the thing would not go away. And I actually went and got treatment from Don Fuller for my freaking thumb injury because I'm an absolute <laughs> wimp. So <laughs> he's the best. He's the best. Yep. So my next story that's embarrassing actually happen happens to do. Um, with the night that you, with the day after that you actually had the incident in Ottawa. Let's talk about that game a little bit, Cam. Uh, you know, Kevin Deneen elbows you uh, in the head, and you were one of the most popular Panthers on that team, and all hell broke loose in that game. Um, in retaliation, uh, Chris Wells fights uh, Deneen. I think either Mellenby did or or either Paul Laws did, but, you know, you, you go to the hospital and yeah. absolutely all all heck breaks loose in that game. That was also a game where Brett Hedekin broke Sammy Sallow's wrist. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just remember, I don't remember it until now I see the video after and when all hell broke loose. But I was in the hospital and I knew guys were coming in. So I knew something was going on. And um, I also knew how good my teammates were. Like Mel, Scott Mellenby, when you talk about leaders and different things, like, between he and Ray Bork, probably the best leaders I've ever played with. Um, but he goes out with a concussion, just came back, and he I think he fought Deneen. And then yeah. Wellesie might have gone after him too. And then my buddies, uh, Paul Laws and Peter Worrell, I guess they 
got let out of their cages as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, you don't want them in a bad mood. <laughs> yeah. Paul Law's toughest guy I think I've ever covered in my life. And Paul oh. and Peter Worrell would be a, a close second with uh, Derek Bugard in there as well. But Paul Law's was a scary, tough guy. I'm still very tight with him today. And Peter Worrell, um, I forgot that I was Facebook friends with him. He wrote on my wall the other day. But these two, I mean, Paul Laws, you look at his penalty minutes in his career back when he, I think he played for Knoxville or, um, you know, back in the old ECHL days. And then I, I once covered him in at Miami Arena, one punch Ken Belanger out. And it was oh. absolutely terrifying to watch. Well, I got a good story for you because Lazar and I ended up rooming together. Remember when camp was in Quebec, mm-hmm. and our, our yeah, camp whole was Quebec. In, uh, yeah, yeah, our our camp was there, and they room us together. Well, when P- Lazar and I played uh, the game when I was in Boston, I ended up fighting him, and and I didn't know like anything about it. I was a rookie. I go through the penalty minutes, and then like Cam Neely, everyone's running off the ice after. What the hell are you doing? like fighting Paul Laws, like talk to us, Dave Shaw. And I'm like, I looked at his penalty minutes. They're like, did you look at the games played? And it was like three games played, 63 minutes. And I didn't look at the games played. <laughs> so then I, we, we roomed together in Quebec. He, and I'm like kind of nervous, you know, like last time I saw this guy, we were going at whatever. He comes in, he's like, hey, Stewie, how are you? Jumps on the bed, you know, Lawser. And Lawser's oh like, I got to ask you something why in the hell did you fight me? Like, what were you thinking? And I'm like, you want to know the truth? And I told him the story. He just about fell out of his bed laughing. <laughs> the, uh, yeah. you know, those, those, uh, that those camps in Hull were one of my favorite parts of covering the, the, I used to look forward to those cause we'd go there not only for training camp, but like rookie camp. So we'd be there for like a month straight and I, I'd, I'd stay in Ottawa right across the river. And, yeah. um, coincidentally, Peter Worrell played for the Hull Olympics and, so we used to walk around this really cool rink and just see Peter Worrell stuff everywhere. He had like 500 penalty minutes, like back-to-back <laughs> years for Hull, if I remember as well. Crazy. And he scored goals for them too. No, um, 100%. For not being able to skate, he did a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, and Paul Laws, uh, sadly, uh, you know, his his career ended in a fight. We were in, in Atlanta, if I remember, and he either he got either got into a fight with uh, Jeff Cowan or Scott Nickel, and he threw a punch, hit hit him square on the helmet, and it just shattered his his uh, right wrist, and and Paul Laws <sighs> never played again. Uh, yeah. But one of the great great guys uh, that I, I ever covered, we were once at Gre- in Greensboro, North Carolina, Cam. And Paul Laws is practicing. He used to do this all the time. I'd come to the morning skate, and he would shoot pucks at the camera hole to, to try to scare me. Yes, and he, yeah, we're in I Greensboro, remember. and he puts it straight through the camera hole, hits me straight in the collarbone, and I go down. And next thing I know, I'm on Stan Wong's <laughs> trainer table. And he comes in there. He goes, what were you doing? And I'm like, well, I, didn't, I said, you're such a bad shot. You actually put it through the camera hole, and you were trying to miss it. So uh, <laughs> That's Paul Laws. Laws are always joking around. Yeah, the absolute beauty. Um, and the other, by the way, I mentioned the embarrassing story that had to do with the game that you um, got knocked out in. So 1999, that this was the weirdest road trip ever. We're in Ottawa, and the next day they practice in Ottawa, the Panthers, and then they fly to Edmonton. And I land in Edmonton, and that's when I find out that Kevin Deneen suspended, Brett Hedekin suspended, like all these people. And I have to, and it's like 10 o'clock at night, Edmonton time, and I got to run to my hotel room, which is, you know, not a short drive from the Edmonton airport. I have to run to my hotel room and r- speed write a story when it's already like midnight out east and I haven't written about all this news that happened and I'm getting on the highway there and I hit black ice and I wind up in the embankment Oh my and God. yeah I hit my head on the window I check into the hotel I get they, some good Samaritans push me out I'm driving a Chevy Malibu I still remember I drive all the way to Edmonton I check into the hotel room and the, who's in the lobby is Stan Wong and I tell Stan I'm like hey I gotta run to my room I was just in a car accident but I think I have a concussion or something like, can you oh, help geez. me? And Stan Jesus. Wong, the old trainer for the Minnesota, for the Florida Panthers, actually stayed in my hotel room while I was writing my story, making sure that I didn't like pass out. Salt uh, of the earth, Stan. Concussion. He's yep. with uh, USA Hockey now. He yep. goes, yeah, he was just he on that everything. bench getting a gold medal. Yeah, he's Amazing. still years later. So yeah. All he does, he lives in South Florida and he works for USA Hockey. So they're all their international tournaments. He yep. just goes there and works. It's the pretty best. cool. Oh, the best. Um, 
So, I mean, do you think like like right now, uh, years later, are you like? I know you said you still have issues with it. Like, do you find yourself completely healthy? Like, is it like? Do you still have, um, you know, you know, setbacks and things like that? You know what? It's just since that car accident. Since that car mm-hmm. accident, that kind of rattled the cage again, and I've been dealing with a bunch of stuff. But you know, like anything, you f- you find ways to deal with it, and and whether you know with technology and you're teaching your kids how to take advantage of the technology, not just playing Fortnite. Like, and that's what I do. I, <laughs> I use my notes and use different things. And a lot of people wouldn't know, like talking to you that I, I would be going through stuff, but you know what I am. And, and, uh, everyone's got their own, uh, their own things going on. And I, I deal with it all the time still since that car accident, mm, man. Uh, you mentioned kids. I, I, that's what I want to talk to you about next, uh, Cam, is uh, your transition to being a player agent. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Back here with Cam Stewart on Straight from the Source. And again, as always, you can uh, subscribe to The Athletic at theathletic.com slash straight from the source. Great deal going on now, I believe, three ninety nine dollars a month. So uh, be sure to subscribe. Tons of podcasts, tons of articles, especially uh, this week. Like Monday's Athletic was just some, I spent hours, honestly, reading all the incredible stories that we had from the Super Bowl to all the stuff in hockey, uh, hockey writers in every city. Um, Cam Cam knows about The Athletic because we write about his clients all the time. Uh, again, <laughs> as I mentioned at the at the very beginning, uh, Cam now, uh, years after his playing career, is the director of player development and a player agent for KO Sports, which is Kurt Overhart's uh, firm, one of the most respected agents out there. Um, Cam, how did you get involved uh, with becoming an agent with Kurt Overhart? Well, you know what? It, it kind of I, I I tell people I got knocked into it because I got in that car accident, and then I was uh, running that co- a company called Bite Tech Under Armour's Mouth yep. Guards up here in Canada, yep. and then I, I I couldn't really do what I needed to do uh, uh, running Canada. Um, so Kurt was like, "Hey, why don't you just go watch some games?" And I'm like, "Yeah, okay, whatever." And so I I did just to get out and kind of. And then I, then I kind of got into it a little bit and I'm like, Kurt, like you're talking to these kids this, this early and Kurt was way ahead of the curve anyway, having development camps years and years ago, even when we were with them. But so I, I, I said, do you want me to help out create a development plan? And he said, that would be great, you know, and, and Toronto's a mosh pit for agents and it's kind of cutthroat <laughs> here. So I was like, I don't know if I want to start going to 14 year old games and, you know, right. but I, I started to like it and then I started to like the development side of it. So everything, my mottos do as I say, not as I did. That's the motto. <laughs> and, uh, and I just want to help, help kids, you know, reach their potential. And that's both, um, both on the ice and off the ice because, you know, uh, mental health has become such a big thing. And, we all were afraid to say anything back in the day, and I, I think that affected a lot of us. I talked to a lot of my old teammates, and you see see some of my old teammates struggling, you know, um, and we all have our own struggles, but um, I think that really interests me. So, uh, and Dr. Shaw's just unbelievable at the PA, and and uh, so, yeah, just helping the kids on and off the ice, and, and then getting good kids and good families. I, I I mean, our group, we take a different approach than some of the other agencies where we have very few kids in each age group and, and, uh, and then we develop them and hopefully they're the right ones. And, and that's kind of what I've tried to do here in Toronto, uh, up against the big boys. Yeah. If you go to kosportsinc.com, you can see their large cast of current players, but as Cam just mentioned, uh, uh, a lot of really quality future players as well. Um, you, you know, f- people from Cole per, uh, Cole Perfetti to, you know, Cal and Nolan foot, um, who, while, uh, all NHL fans know about Adam foot, um, you know, to 
Beecher and and Shane Wright. Um, let's let's start by talking about uh, Cole Perfetti. I mean, just mm-hmm. an absolutely awesome guy. Somebody of the wild. I think you know we're very interested in it as well. Um, you know, what what type of future do you think that he has in the NHL? You know, and, and I may be a little biased, but I, I I watch these games with these kids. Uh, you know, as a hockey guy, and I look for the brain and you know the compete and you know obviously skating. Uh, and, but he he he's got it all. Uh, he's really worked on his uh, core strength and his lower body strength. But his mind, I think he uh, it's got the best mind in that draft. Like as far as processing the game and being able to make plays in small areas, buying himself time, just all those things that you consider hockey sense. I think he might be the best in the in the draft. To be honest with you. Um, and and then you go from there, and he's just a real, real nice kid. Like, you hear what Paul Maurice had to say about him. Mm-hmm. Not a lick of arrogance is, I think, the word he used. Not a lick of arrogance, just wide open, eyes wide open, wanting to learn from everyone. He said it was a breath of fresh air. I, I forget his exact quote last week. And that's Cole. Yep. And as Cam just alluded, uh, Cole Perfetti is the, was the number 10 pick in the NHL draft, one pick behind Marco Rossi to the Winnipeg Jets. So now suddenly up the middle, Shifley, Dubois, Perfetti, it seems like Kevin Sheveldayoff is, uh, is uh, really building that team the right way. Cole can play on any of those wings. <laughs> <laughs> well patrick liney thought that he, you know didn't exactly yeah. love it either there so uh man up the middle but you're right i mean up you know you could that's the best part of having a center like cole is that uh talk about versatility and, and he has shown that um let's go let's go next with shane wright i mean uh, you know potential well just tell all wild fans about this kid that could be the number one overall pick in next year's draft well this is where it got like because everyone was talking to Shane kind of when he's 13, 14, right? And uh, mm-hmm. every agency's uh, all over him. And we just kind of went through the process with the families and with the family and just, you know, stuck to ourselves and our morals and everything. And they ended up deciding to go with us. Um, this this young gentleman, he, he is just salt of the earth kid, uh, wanting to learn from everyone, but when you tell him something, it's almost a photographic memory and he can do it right away. Like whether it's a, a skill or something off the ice or a trainer tells him to do something for his ankles and he'll do it every day. Then roll his ankles out or with a golf ball underneath his foot or whatever they tell you. And, and that's just, he's just, he's just a sponge. He's a sponge. He's been, it's been wonderful to watch him grow as a person, both on and off the ice, but he's, He's special. They they don't come along very often. And as a agency group, we got to go the through the exceptional status, which a lot mm-hmm. of agencies don't get to go through because there's not too many kids. So things like that have been uh, have been good as well. So I was kind of on the the treadmill was on high uh, learning about the agency business. So I've <laughs> I've got a uh, a quick course very quickly here about the whole business as cam mentioned uh, so so shane wright he's 17 years old he started with kingston at age 15 right yeah it was like 15 16 and last year he gets 66 points in 58 games as a 15 slash 16 year old playing major junior hockey and then uh the year before that 150 points in 72 games and uh playing for the u16 triple as don mills flyers um what what do you hear right now about the 2022 draft because there's been a lot of talk lately that the 2021 draft and the 2022 draft could actually be combined which would obviously affect your client there uh, um you know I, I, right now the way that this draft lines up he might still be the number one overall pick because this isn't the greatest draft in the world um yeah. but but what do you what do you hear on that because i've got to think that even maybe the the players that would have been in the 2021 draft wouldn't mind that because most of these guys aren't playing hockey like shane wright has not played a lick of hockey yet right no uh, fortunately he was able to go he got invited to the world junior camp but i mean yep. then all that stuff they were in their hotel rooms for two weeks um as well and so he, no, he hasn't played. But what you know, what I'm hearing is that it could be like the O threes one day and the O fours the next. And then I've heard mm. like an O three draft at Christmas too. But but in fairness to the 
to the scouts, they, they need to see these kids. Like they, they got to yeah. see these kids play. Um, and there's not really, or it's going to be a, a heavy European U S draft. You know what I mean? Not being able to see the Canadian uh, junior leagues go here. What are most of these guys doing? I mean, you're up in Toronto, the OHL, the Quebec league's been playing the WHL is coming back. The OHL um, right now just seems like there's, I mean, it, frankly, it doesn't seem like there's going to be a way that they're going to play, especially if the department of health up there or whatever the equivalent of uh, is up there is going to, you know, still go with their belief that there should be no contact. And we're starting to see now in the NHL potential uh, evidence of cross-team transmission during games. So that's not going to help the cause for the OHL and junior hockey. Uh, what are um, some of these guys doing at all? Well, you know, some of the kids, uh, some of the O2s and O3, we've got them over in Europe, whether they went to Slovakia or different things like that. But Shane, Shane had a bunch of opportunities um, but he, he decided his family decided along with some guidance from us that when, when is he going to get another chance like this to develop, you know, and really work on his strength, uh, his conditioning, um, his skills, like, and all those things. So, so we've got him set up, uh, uh, with some good schedules here and we got him in front of some of the top trainers, like, you know, Matt Nickel being the guru in his, uh, professional we've got them seeing him and athlete care like the mike prebag who works with all the nhl guys um uh we have them seeing him and paul ferry is his strength coach in in, in oakville um so we've got them with you know that and that's one of the things I, i've built a kind of a stable of who i believe the best uh, skills development whether it's power edge pro or josh robel or jeremy chitsit like here and and i have all the guys just in front of who I believe are the best players, uh, best people that'll help them develop. And that's kind of what we've done with Shane, where other kids have had other opportunities, like Cole's playing. Well, Cole's like going from the, uh, from the taxi squad to the moose and, and then, uh, other guys are in Europe coming back. And so it's kind of a, you know, there's a lot of moving targets for us trying to get people, into spots and then as far as the ohl draft like those kids haven't even played uh a game since march wow um looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right you can talk to a real human in customer service anytime sounds like a real game changer if you ask us Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Final segment of the show. We're back with Cam Stewart, who's on the inaugural 2000 Minnesota Wild, but most importantly, the Florida Panthers. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's an inside joke. Wild fans know that I always go back to the Florida Panthers eventually. Um, as I mentioned, the athletic is absolutely the place to be, especially for podcasts, as Cam is learning right now. I'm sure he didn't expect to be on here for like ever. Uh, but uh, Jason Spezza, the Toronto Maple Leafs, is Pierre Lebrun and Scott Burnside's guest this week on the two-man advantage edition of the athletic uh, hockey show. Plus, they will have the latest on Brian Burke and Ron Hextel joining the Penguins, who I heard from both of them yesterday. Uh, Kelly Rudy from Hockey Night in Canada joins Craig Custance this week on the full 60 at The Athletic as well. Um, and again, as always, you can uh, subscribe to The Athletic by going to theathletic.com slash draping the source. We always have uh, deals on there. This week's deal is uh, $3.99 per month to join The Athletic, the best hockey coverage out there. Um, Cam, what what is it like? Uh, you know, you, know you, you were like, I know you as this just, you know, wholesome, honest you know, just good hearted human being. Is that the type of thing that you would try to convey in your meetings with a Shane Wright when you know that every agent in the game 
is trying to get a player like that. Yeah, and that that's where you got to stick to your values and who, and who you are as a person. And I think that's something Kurt has done. Like he always told me, you know, when you recruit these kids, whether it was Ryan Kessler for him or Brendan Morrison, you, you recruit these kids and these families like you're going to be friends for life and you're going to be going to their weddings. And that's kind of mm-hmm. something that has stuck with me. So when I started talking to these kids, like you're talking to a 13-year-old, like you're trying to sell yourself. Uh, fortunately, I, I've played, I've coached, I was in management, like Tom Garrity named me assistant to the GM when I was in Houston. So I learned a lot about mm-hmm. a bunch of different aspects. So, um, and, and I can talk to the coaches, right? Like a lot of agencies aren't hockey guys. A lot of guys are not hockey guys. I talk to them and they're just not hockey guys where that's something I take pride in. And, and I take pride in kind of helping whatever the teams are trying to teach the players that I can come in and kind of, uh, help with that, or at least, uh, support what they're saying and reinforce what they're saying. And it's amazing how the message gets through, uh, like that. And that's to answer your question. It just, I, I just try and be myself and, uh, and that's, uh, that's it. And to be honest with you, when I'm going through this process, I'm interviewing the parents too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and seeing if it's if it's a fit for our group and myself and whether you know i'm going to be going to the weddings and and stuff because because <laughs> because some people are are different people and some people have different values and you know and you know there's there's crazy hockey parents out there but i i've i've throughout my time to be honest with you some of the hockey parents are my best friends now and mm-hmm. i talk to them more than anyone and it's not just about hockey. It's about family and, and everything like that. So it's been, it's been good in that way for me as well. And my son really likes it. My son helps us out. Kurt, Kurt actually takes care of him because he helps me out, like watching all the guys every night and making sure we're keeping up on everybody. <laughs> right. The, um, you like the, the one thing that I I've got to think also is that today's day and age you're not just negotiating contracts and then see a see in four years when you're you need your next contract right i mean it is no. a, it's a it's a full-time job with these guys i mean not just that you know some agents do money management and all that but you yeah. know again your title is director of player development so you're you're entrenched with these players on a constant basis and again looking at ko sports uh website i mean you have a huge stable of clients in the nhl and coming down the pike no, for sure. And to be honest with you, 60% of our time's probably helping with injuries like Sean's surgery last week. And we have a guy needs shoulder done and, and getting second opinions and making sure and along with the teams and working with the organizations, making sure uh, the players are in the right hands, you know, where like back in my day, you, you know, I, I couldn't get a hold of my first agent to fire him. I had to do it via fax, you know, <laughs> So I, 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 it's totally changed, but at the same time, there's almost a, you know, you don't want these kids just to think, you know, now that you have an agent, all the work's done. No, 97% of it's still the kid. We can put them in situations to succeed. Like we, we do as parents, right? Like you want to put them in front of the best people to have your kids succeed. Well, that's how I kind of, uh, approach this. And I know who I feel are top trainers and everything, like I mentioned in the world. And that's who I put the kids in front of. And we just kind of watch them grow. But I have a pretty good sense if a kid's going to be able to play at a young age. Um, but things yeah. change. It, you're never, that's one thing I want to tell kids that you're never, you know, everybody uh, grows at a different pace and to ever think you're, you know, done. It's not true because, you know, look at Sean Walker. Sean Walker wasn't drafted, got one scholarship to Bowling Green, and now he's playing for the LA Kings from Keswick, Ontario. Like he wasn't even drafted. That's awesome. They found me um, in Elmira, Elmira Sugar Kings. (laughs) I love Elmira. I've been to the casino up there. (laughs) No, that's Elmira, New York. Oh no, no, no. I'm talking about Ontario. Isn't there, isn't that where Jiggs McDonald lives? Yeah, it might have been, but you mean the horse track? I don't know if there's a casino. maybe that's it. I, yeah, I, the I know track, I've been to Elmira. There was, there was a horse track right beside the. Yeah, it's where okay. Dan Snyder was from. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I still remember that. That we were we were going to Atlanta the day that happened. That was uh that was um 
Darcy Hordachuk was buddies with him as well. Yeah, Dan um, was Dan's a tight uh, family friend, and so uh, so is his family. We did those golf courses. Now it's the Dan Snyder Memorial Arena in uh, yeah. Elmira. Yeah, yeah. I've been. I, I know I've been with Jigs to Elmira, um, and so maybe it was on the way that we stopped at the casino. Um, <laughs> I did want to ask you just one thing. Lastly, on today's athlete, you know, like yep. and and. You know, not to put you in a tough position because especially because these aren't your clients, but we're just seeing what's happened the last couple of weeks in Columbus. You know, yeah. Dubois not happy. He asks out and then, you know, lollygags around a shift and almost forces their hand. You know, then Patrick right. Liney comes in and and next thing you know, reportedly, he mouths off to a coach and winds up getting benched for half the game. His fourth game as a Columbus Blue Jacket. It yeah. just it feels like today's athlete is so not like the old school guys that I used to cover that you were as a player. You know, I remember Cam Stewart as just being a just, you know, nuts and bolts, hardworking, you know, guy that would just do what he was told to play in the National Hockey League and and I know that obviously there are guys that all or you know, high-end guys to, you know, maybe the checking guys that have to do what they have to do to survive in the league and function, but it just feels like today's day and age these kids are very very different than than the guys that John Tortorella is used to, that's for sure. No, exactly. And, and some of the some of the younger guys, and that, that's what I'm saying, like when these guys get agents at 13, it's almost entitlement. Like it's almost like, okay, now now I'm going to get this and I'm going to get that. And But if you look at the top players in the world, like, and I'm not saying Liney's not, but if you look at Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, you know, Matthews, Marner, like these guys – that and how they act and treat people and work ethic and different things like that. Um, tor- we all know Torts isn't going to put up with that, and he he's going to run the ship the way he wants until he's run out of there. To be honest with you, and he has every right to do that. But there's got to be there's got to be some internal leadership that kind of put these guys in their place as well, because mm-hmm. just because the coaches are yelling and screaming. You know, it's it, if you have an internal discussion, say, hey, we can't have any of that. Like, they've got to sit line A down and, and tell him, you know. And if I'm his agent, you know, you've got to have a chat with him and, and, and see where he's at. Maybe he's struggling mentally over some different things and and uh, get the get those looked at. But, I mean, these things can blow up, too. You know, like Torch said, he just sat him on the bench because he lipped back to a coach. That's telling him there's no lipping back here. Maybe he yep. could lip back in other places he was, but it's not happening here. And you might as well do it right off the hop and let him lip for a bit and then and then do it. Yeah, no doubt about that. And, you know, it's funny because both incidents basically happened without Miko Koivu. And I just wonder what Miko, how he would have handled that because there was a really well-known story that I wrote about recently in my Kevin Fiala feature where Miko went absolutely ballistic on on Kevin Fiala on the bench last uh, last early November, uh, late October for uh, not paying attention to him when he was trying to instruct him on how to play something. And uh, next thing you know, Kevin Fiala's entire season turned around. But if you look at the Dubois situation, Miko was out with COVID-19 that entire time. And then the uh, line A situation, uh, Miko was basically a healthy scratch and then retired the next day. Uh, Cam, uh, I just want to ask you a couple more questions about the Minnesota Wild and two of your clients that are part of the organization now. One is Ian Cole. Ian Cole has long been one of my favorite quotes in the NHL. He was like my go-to quote during both of Pittsburgh Penguins' uh, Stanley Cup final runs against Nashville and, and San Jose. I still remember talking to him for like a half hour after a practice in San Jose uh, when I was still working for the Star Tribune. Um, just intelligent guy, obviously, because he's Notre Dame grad. We, we all know that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, tell, tell us a little bit about Ian Cole. Yeah, uh, he works with Kevin Magnuson in our group. And Ian is just salt of the earth guy. Um, you know, he's a he's a guy, and I don't say it very often, that every team would want an Ian Cole, you know. He can play. He can shut you down. He can give you a little bit of offense. He's unbelievable in the locker room. He's an unbelievable guy. Um, he's got size to him. He can skate. And, you know, I call them the bus drivers, safe, reliable, and courteous. And if you don't hear, <laughs> if you don't hear about, uh, about defensemen and you don't hear much, it means they're doing a good job. And that's, that's Ian Cole to a T. And he's a very, very valuable uh, asset to an organization. 
Yeah, uh, although sometimes when you see Ian Cole, that's a good thing because there was one home game uh, where, I mean, he had to break up like three two-on-ones, blocking yeah. shots. Uh, he's just a just a really good, good player and uh, and just a, I mean, honestly, one of my favorite quotes. And what what's sad about all these guys that are on one-year deals is like I might cover Ian Cole and actually not get to talk to him face-to-face in this COVID world that we're in right now. Yeah, no, no that's that's got to be crazy on your end. Yeah. All right. Last one. Dakota Mermis. Um, <laughs> this is somebody that wild fans might learn about very, very soon. When you look at the fact that the five wild players right now are out with COVID-19, uh, Spurgeon, Cole, Hunt, Brodeen, and Susie are all have, uh, are all at least on the NHL's COVID-19 protocol list. Dakota Mermis uh, was so good in training camp that he jumped players on the wild uh, roster to be on the taxi squad. Uh, w- tell us about Dakota as a player, a person, and what his Minnesota tie is that all wild fans are going to want to know about and Viking fans. Yeah, no. So Dakota, Dakota's one of those kids that, you know, he just, he works so hard, um, doesn't complain about anything. Um, and he, he just, uh, he got a chance last year in, in Jersey. He had a little bit of a chance in Arizona, real good in the minors. But when you get, when he played up last year, he played over 20 minutes a game, but then all of a sudden the season got, got cut. So I, I think you have a really, a great player, um, but even a better person. And he's just, you know, he, he's probably in the, in the mold of an Ian Cole, to be honest with you, like about person and, and player and, but it's just a matter of these guys getting an opportunity, right? And and hopefully he gets his there. He feels real comfortable there and, and confident that he's going to get an opportunity. And I think you're going to uh, uh, you're definitely going to hear from him here here soon. Tell everybody who his twelve uh, time Pro Bowl uncle is and Hall of Famer. Yeah. See now you're now you're testing me. Um, Randall McDaniel, uh, right? That's right. Yes. yes. And I, <laughs> I told you that. This last is how, week. So you can, yeah, Cam, you, this is how we can, started. We, this is how we even arranged the podcast is you called me to tell me that Randall McDaniel was his uncle. That's right. And I know he, he was so popular in Minnesota and yeah. a Hall of Famer. And you wouldn't know it. Like, that's what Dakota jokes. He goes, now you see where I got all my size. <laughs> <laughs> And they're um, really, really tight, right? I mean, uh, like I, I saw pictures online of like Randall McDaniel going to Arizona uh, games wearing wearing the, his jersey, I believe. One, yeah, totally. And and he since they were he was involved and he went to uh, uh, his games and everything as a young kid and and uh, so it, no no one knew about that connection, but it, it's a it's a neat connection to to have there, and I and I'm sure if. Uh, he gets in a game and fans can be in the building, you know, his uncle will be there. What is his scouting report, by the way? Like what type of, like what, what does he do? Well, doesn't, I know you said he's in the mold of Ian Cole. Yeah. And, and even a Sean, like a Sean Walker, who I, uh, you know, he came out of nowhere out of Bowling Green and just signed a minor league deal, but he got an opportunity and now he signed a four year deal with LA. I think he's in that mold where he's very responsible, uh, responsible defensively. He can really move, so he's he, he's got good feet, uh, and and he just makes the simple play, and that's what you need as a defenseman. If you can make that first pass, you can get up in the play with your with your speed, you and you play well defensively. You're uh, you can play, and it's just a matter of getting an opportunity. And he just all, does all the little things, and you don't hear much from him. Like I said, uh, you you don't you don't uh, if you don't hear about him, he's doing doing the right thing but he did play 20 minutes a night cam this was a, a ton of fun um great. you know i i really hope that we get past this whole COVID situation and that the minnesota wild honors uh that inaugural 2000 team like i believe they planned to do all along and uh next thing you know you're just standing at middle middle ice uh uh waving to 18,500 people and not just uh no nobody in the seats you know right no that'll be uh that would be awesome. I know we did it after 10 years and it was great to see everybody, but it's also great to see the guys still around like Wes Waltz and Brad Bombardier and Darby Hendrickson. I asked him how many uh, coaches he made it through and he's made it through five head coaches already. So that means yeah. they really, uh, 
Mr. Minnesota. Yep, no doubt about it. He uh, he just keeps on surviving. It's just it is it is hilarious. You, by the way, you're on Twitter, right? Do you want anybody to follow you on Twitter? Or you want to keep that a secret? No, dude. Yeah, Cam Stewart twenty one. I don't even know what my handle is. If you can get it out there, that'd be great. Uh, yep, Cam, at Cam Stewart twenty one. Make sure you follow Cam on Twitter. Uh, you could go check out all the the stable of clients that Kurt Overhart and Cam Stewart and all the all the uh, representatives from from Ko Sports. Uh, um, has by going to kosportsinc.com and you can see all their players. But Cam, hey, thanks a lot. And and again, if uh, check out our comments section for each podcast episode at the Athletic app and rate and subscribe to Straight From The Source on Apple. If you aren't already a subscriber, make sure you go to the athletic.com slash straight from the source and receive a subscription for just three bucks and 99 cents a month. Thanks so much, Cam. I'll talk to you uh, probably very soon. Uh, always a pleasure, Mike. Thanks a lot. Great reconnecting again. Mm-hmm.